Our New Testament verse today is the epistle um, to Paul, from Paul to Timothy. I love both books of Timothy. And if you listen to this, I'm trying hard not to walk around, Terry, but I'm getting a little enthusiastic. If you listen to um, the reading, there are a lot of, there's one little word in there, an F. And if you hear a phrase or a word used over and over in Scripture, you need to park on it a little bit. You need to um, dig into it. And so that's where it started with me um, on this sermon. And it went a lot of places, and it circled back to a commentary that I read. So listen up to the word if. It has a lot of meaning in this scripture. The second chapter, beginning in verse 8. Remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead, a descendant of David. This is my gospel, for which I suffer hardship, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore I endured everything for the sake of the elect, so that they may, be, may also obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is sure, if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Remind them of this and warn them before God that they are to avoid wrangling over words which does no good but only ruins those who are listening. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved by him, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly explaining the word of truth. The word of God for the people of God. You know, I watch a lot of movies, and usually when you take your younger children to a movie, it's, it's really about them, but then we end up getting so much more out of it. And so was the case years ago when we went to see the movie, some of y'all may know it, The Princess Bride. There are so many lines from that movie that just make me laugh. Like when he asked, how are you? He said, well, I'm doing okay for being mostly dead all day. You know, that just sort of sums up how we feel. But there's one line in there that really got me. And he would say this, the one who, the hero of the movie, would say this to Princess Buttercup. He would say, as you wish. As you wish. And he always said it with such feeling and such emotion. And later in the movie, at the very end, she realizes when he's saying, as you wish, he is actually saying, I love you. And so there are phrases that we heard, oh, from those old cheesy black and white movies, you know, as people are driving off on the train and the woman's running down the platform yelling, I love you, remember? You know, we have those moments in our life. We say them probably, and don't even know it. 
But I think Paul's command to Timothy at the very first of our passage today is said with that kind of emotion. Remember Jesus Christ. Remember Jesus Christ. When it comes down to it, what Paul is really saying is that it is what matters. This is what matters. Jesus Christ raised from the dead, a descendant of David. Jesus Christ, the eternal conqueror of death, the promised and anointed one. Jesus Christ, the resurrected king. He goes on to say, this is my gospel. We all have a gospel. Paul says, this is my gospel. These truths are enough motivation and reason, Paul is saying, for me to personally be willing to go through all of the hardships and trials and suffering and frustration and pain. They were enough to fuel his ability to endure because he was keeping his eye on the prize. He didn't waver. He was keeping his eyes on the prize, Jesus Christ, the resurrected king. And when he's talking, he's sort of backdooring, I guess. I don't know if that's really the right word. But he's actually addressing the false teachings that were so prevalent in that day. He's addressing it without even mentioning it. And he cuts right to the heart of what separates him, what should separate Timothy from those folks who are stirring up and messing up the church. He is talking to Timothy about who Jesus is and what that means. It's almost as if Paul has a very deep um, lament sorrow for what he sees happening in the church. He wants people to understand that there's plenty of enough complexity in the very simple truth that Jesus is the resurrection king. That they don't have to really work to make things more difficult, to make things more complex, to work on making things where you cannot understand it. You didn't have to add any more to it. It's important that we sort out through all of that in the conversation that we don't make ourselves more important in that conversation that we never make anything more important than who God is. Paul argues that most of the time this stuff that people are throwing around is really about personal gain. Think about it. When the conversation actually takes place, it's about my own personal gain. But the way of God will more than likely, the way of God's will 
is going to come with a lot of deep suffering. Think about where Paul was when he was writing this. He is in prison, chained, waiting to be executed. Could you be going through any more suffering? Go back to 1 Timothy if you really want to see how the false teachers are corrupting and causing trouble in the church in that day. And what is so funny, if you really want to look at it, that hasn't ever gone away, has it? We've always sat in some sort of stirring. And you just want to say, you want to do like you do with your children. Stop it. Just stop it. That's what Timothy, he's saying to Timothy, don't get caught up in this. Listen to 11 and 12 again. If you have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will reign also with him. If we deny him, we will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Our Jesus has conquered death. That's when you hear these ifs, it's not like it may happen. He's saying it already has happened. Jesus has conquered death, and he is inviting us to live in that resurrected life. Now, the resurrected life is not one that's going to be free of hardships, but is a life that enfolds us into our God-given role taking us back for the purpose of which we were created. Choosing to reject an association with Jesus means you reject all of it. You can't pick and choose. If you reject him, you are also rejecting the goodness of Jesus. The goodness that would come in a life lived with him. But through all of this, God will remain who God is. No matter what. No matter what we are, who we are. God is faithful to his purpose as our resurrected king. That is the evidence of the truth in this word. A truth that is not chained. I think we need to look at that. Paul is still speaking that even though he is physically chained. What we need to see in that passage is the underlying message. God's word is not and cannot and never will be chained. Paul says to Timothy, remind everybody of this simple yet complex and powerful reality. Remember all of this and remind others of it because this is truly, in the end, what really matters in life and death is the Word. That's all it comes down to. We can make it as complex 
as we want to. And that is our human nature because we try to rational things to fit us when it's all right here for us. Remind them that they are, what they are doing has consequences. Your actions, your words have consequences that may reach far beyond yourself. They impact people. They impact people's relationship with the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We forget what we're doing, what we're showing to this world has an impact on others' relationship with God. These are convicting words from Paul, but these are the kind of conversation that a church needs to hear. Just go back and look. I ask you today, go back and look at Luke 12. Start in the 49th verse and read through. See what's going on in the church. Paul says to Timothy, remember God. Remind others and do your best as you explore and live out the impact of the truth in your life. You know, if you believe in Jesus, if you're living out that truth, that Jesus Christ is your resurrected King, then you have your own gospel to tell. And you have no reason to be ashamed of it. You have no reason to be ashamed of what you believe or what you do because you are an agent of the unbound, unchained Word of God. The unchainable Word of God. I think that's just a great turn of phrase. This cannot be bound. It cannot be contained. These are the scriptures given to us. By the power of the Holy Spirit, it is God who invites us into his purpose for our lives. By choosing not to deny those purposes, but to endure the challenge of living in, but not of the world. We become people like Timothy. Explaining the word of truth, not only through our words, but maybe more importantly, through our actions. We become like Paul, enduring for the sake of the people who are coming to know salvation through Jesus Christ. You know, as we are perfected, we want to become more like Jesus. That's what we're told. A heart like Jesus. To be more like Jesus. To embody the truth. We are dying with him. We are rising with him. And we are reigning 
with him. Amen and amen. amen.